And so at that point, I got in the tub in a puddle of tears, and I just said, God, if it's not this, then what is it? Where does my gifting and my calling line up in this season? If God has called you to be a parent, then He has called you to something amazing and terrifying and messy and stressful and isolating. But I am here to tell you that you are not alone. I'm Summer Shepherd, and this is No Seriously, How Do I Do This? Have you ever just wanted to run away? <laughs> if I'm being honest, I've wanted to run away. <laughs> I haven't yet, you know, but when I look at the dishes, for example, in the sink, they're always there. It doesn't matter how many times you wash them. My least favorite thing about dishes, I like eating off of them. I don't even mind putting them away. But the fact that they always insist on getting dirty again right away, that really bugs me. <laughs> The dishes overwhelm me. The laundry overwhelms me. Don't get me started on my kids. My kids are my treasure, 100%. I love my children. But when they are yelling and they are fighting and they are needy and they stink. But what do we do when life gets genuinely hard? I mean, that's just the normal maintenance stuff that can overwhelm us. Our job, our bills, our marriage, the car is broken again. But what about when the bottom truly falls out? How do we respond then? Have you found yourself there yet? Because here's the, um, the super promising fun thing about life is that if you haven't had your bottom fall out yet, <laughs> come on, that's a funny phrase. But if your bottom <laughs> hasn't fallen out yet, it will. That's just the nature of life. And Misty Phillips, she has experienced this in a variety of ways. And she decided to take that struggle and turn it into an award-winning Bible study, a podcast, a podcast conference. She has devoted her life and her struggle to giving back, to helping people through theirs. And that's an example that I want to live by. And I'm so excited to be able to introduce you to this woman and the journey that the Lord has had her on. So Mindy, I am super excited to talk to you today because in the past on this podcast, no seriously, how do I do this? We've tackled being busy and having a lot of plates spinning. We've tackled being a homeschooling mom and we've tackled being a special needs mom. But you, you wear all three of those crowns. Yeah, I absolutely do. You called me Mindy. And the funny thing about that is that is my sister's name. Uh, and so when we were little, we weren't twins, but we were 11 months apart. And um, everybody would call us, you know, Misty Mindy. We weren't even just like one name. We were both names. So we grew up as Misty Mindy. <laughs> oh, first, I am so Sorry, I grew up being called the wrong name all the time. Sometimes it was my sister's name. Sometimes it was my brother's name. It didn't even matter. And now I do that to my kids. And apparently I do that to my guests. I am so sorry about that. Misty, wearer of the three crowns. So tell me your story. Tell me your situation. Tell me what life has looked like for you as a mom. 
Yeah. So it's been a whirlwind. You know, my oldest is now 28 and my youngest is 20. I was working at Enron back in the day and God called me out of my corporate job to come home and homeschool my kids. Well, my oldest son was in kindergarten at that time and he had gone to public school and God was like, you're supposed to homeschool. And I'm like, what? And I had an amazing boss that I worked for at Enron. She let me work from home. This was back when working from home was not really a thing, but they installed an ISDN line in my house and I got to um, do my work from home and I only had to go downtown two days a week, which was amazing. Well, then that boss left and I got a new boss and he was like, I want you in the office every day. Well, when he um, said that, he was like, I need an answer by the end of this week. If you plan to stay here, I want you to go full time. I don't want to pay you hourly anymore because I was a consultant there, was making really good money. Um, And I really had this decision, like, am I going to follow God and do what I know that he wants me to do, which is stay home with my boys. But I didn't see how the finances were going to work out because I was making twice as much as my husband at that time. And it was just a really big leap of faith. Well, that day, Connor started having grand mal seizures. Um, And as I am drinking my coffee, talking to my husband saying, what am I going to do? Do I quit work? Do I not? Like I was literally headed downtown and had no idea the answer I was going to give. And our son started convulsing and we um, called work, rushed to the hospital to the doctor. Um, And then that started, you know, him seizing over the course of a couple of days where his seizures were very far apart until they were very close together. And um, that changed the trajectory of my parenting because I did quit my job to stay home to take care of him. And, uh, and I ended up homeschooling him and his brothers. Uh, we had, after that, we had a, um, a baby that we lost to a miscarriage and another to a tubal pregnancy. And then we finally had our third son, um, Ian and, um, and then, Life with three boys at home was pretty crazy. Um, I had to be very organized. I had to cook a lot of food. I had to do a lot of laundry. (laughs) But it was great. That is wild. God so often takes us out on these faith journeys without our permission. And so you're sitting there being like, all right, I need my answer. And your son starts convulsing. You're like, I mean, thanks. I guess that I guess that's an answer to my prayers. So what did that next step in your journey look like? Because you said now your finances are a third of what they were. How did God get you through that? Well, God rewards our obedience. And so I don't want people to say, like, I'm into some prosperity gospel or something. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes it's financial. Sometimes it's a reward in another way. But God knows our needs. And so when I stepped out in faith to do the thing that I knew God was calling me to do and trusted that he would make up the difference, within about six months, my husband got a new job and um, he went you know, he doubled his salary in that, in that new job. And then he continued to get raises and God completely made up for it. And then I was able to stay home, you know, to homeschool my kids for the next 15 years living on a single income. That's incredible. And how many times do we not allow God the ability to show off because we do let fear get in the way. As you're telling your story, Misty, I'm like, 
what would I do? I don't know what I, I mean. That sounds like a really scary prospect. I make a little bit more than my husband right now as well, and and we couldn't do it just on his income. I don't think. But then you know you're not giving God a chance to show up if you never say yes to those scary ventures. So a homeschooling mom, as if that's not hard enough, you mentioned having a child with special needs. How's that journey played out? Yeah. So he ended up having a brain injury from, um, so he had a vaccination and that's what caused him to seize continuously. And he ended up with a brain injury that we didn't even really put it all together at the time because, um, we, we went to the doctor and, and he was looking like after the, the seizures that he was on the, on the spectrum, on the autism spectrum, just because of some of his behaviors. And he wasn't talking when he was supposed to, he wasn't walking when he was supposed to. He, he just is the kid that literally was in and out of the hospital. So he was born with club feet. He's had surgery from a week old and in and out of the hospital his, his whole first year of his life. And, and it really complicated things. So, you know, as a mom, um, homeschooling my, my children, I just really had to pray a lot and seek God and ask him, you know, how, how am I going to do this? Uh, I like, I love the the title of your pot. Like, seriously, how do I do this? Because these babies do not come with an instruction book. And, um, but thankfully God created my son. Um, he created me to be his mom and he can give me everything that I need to do the job that he's called me to do, which is to be his mom. And so for a lot of years, it was seeking alternative help and therapies and bringing people into my home and sending Connor out for different programs. We literally did every therapy under the sun from horse therapy to water therapy to sound therapy to physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, um, neurodevelopmental therapy. I mean, like we literally did everything. And so it was crazy because I would take the other boys in the car to therapy while a therapist was working with Connor. I'm doing homeschool in the the lobby or in the car on the way. We, we did a lot of, um, a lot of books, uh, audio books in the car, just out of necessity because we were in the car a lot. So our homeschooling actually was more like car schooling and a lot of therapy. That's awesome. I love that you were allowed that kind of flexibility that the Lord made it to where, you know, you lived in such an age that not only did you have the therapies that your son needed, but you had the technology to keep your other kids caught up in school. And so as your kids grew, you, when did you start working again? Yeah. So my oldest son went to college and I went with him and they were like, mom, your job's done now. And I was like, holy Christmas, if I don't find something else to do, I'm going to drive my boys crazy. So, um, that's when I started speaking. Well, um, when I turned 40, we had another baby and we lost that baby uh, who was stillborn. And um, my oldest son had given a speech about him uh, for uh, Texas Right to Life. And they heard our testimony and then they asked me to speak. And so I said, yes. And that was kind of God's first calling me to speak. And then I was like, no, 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 I'm still homeschooling my boys. Called me to speak again. Um, and then I, I broke both of my arms in a bicycling accident and I couldn't do anything for any 
anybody. And there's just a, there's a real miracle story there. So, you know, here, think about it. You can't do anything for yourself. You can't brush your hair, your teeth or feed you know, you were used to doing everything for everybody. And now I can't do anything. And during that time, we actually lost Connor's insurance um, that paid for his school. He was going to a school that cost about $5,000 a month that um, was get it, giving him the training that he needed doing ABA therapy. And we lost the funding for that because we lost the insurance. And during that time, I cried out to God and I said, God, for your namesake and for your glory, you have to do something. And that ultimately led us to another doctor who gave us Connor's diagnosis of autoimmune encephalitis. Oh, I mean, what a journey. I feel like so often when we find ourselves on those paths where God is leading us directly to where we need to be, but he's doing so in a painful way. People get bitter, people run away, people close themselves off. Did you feel at any point angry at God for all the ways that he was answering, quote unquote, those prayers? You know, no, I didn't. Because the one thing that I could do, I couldn't do anything as I sat there. The one thing that I could do is pray. And so I prayed a lot. And the thing that God really showed me in that time was how much he loved me. Um, And then as I began to heal, I realized I was the older woman and I had all this life experience and that I needed to speak into um, the lives of other people. And so I, I felt, I, you know, I started asking God, like, what's next? And I prayed. And he, that led me to write the Bible study, The Struggle is Real, But So is God, because I'd been through a struggle or two. Um, and so I really dug into God's word about what does it mean to overcome? Because I think you're right. I think people can either when situations like that happen, they can either become bitter or they can choose to become better. And because I have such a an amazing relationship with the Lord, I just pressed in even harder. And that led to um, the best-selling, award-winning Bible study. So That's cool. I love, Missy, your story of just how you obeyed and you persevered, which is what we are asked to do. We're never promised that life is going to be easy. We're promised the direct opposite. But how do we respond to those struggles? And to lean into God and to persevere and to trust and to persevere and obey and persevere. That's what we're called to. And that's what you did. And he brought you some really amazing places. And so this study, The Struggle is Real, and that's aptly named. What are some of the revelations that you felt that God showed you through this time that maybe you didn't realize before facing those difficulties. Well, I, lo- I love that you said obedience and faithfulness because those were the character qualities and perseverance that I pulled out of the Bible in looking at people in the Old Testament and people in the New Testament. That that was one of the, the strings of the themes that ended up coming out. I started in the Greek looking at the word um, overcome and it's Nike or Nikeo, and I'm slaughtering it because I'm not a scholar, but um, looked at every place it was in the Bible. And then I started to look at, you know, who were the great people of the Old Testament? And so like big names like Noah, Noah believed God at his word when 
there was, he didn't even live on a coast and God said, build a boat. And he just obeyed. Um, so many different people in the old Testament, like obedience, that was the thing. And then just being faithful. Cause if we follow that thread all the way to revelation, there are promises specifically to the overcomers. And so it is those character qualities that you mentioned it's perseverance because God said, in this world, you will have tribulation, not you might, but if we follow Jesus and we are picking up our cross and following him, we're going to have challenges. It's going to be difficult. It may look different for each of us, but that is something that we are promised as believers. And so, and when you look at the world today, it's crazy. We're living in crazy, crazy times, but, but love the butt there, but God has overcome the world. And that's why the title is The Struggle is Real, But So Is God, because He is He is with us in the midst of the struggle. And even like when I broke, broke my arms, like He cared for me so much that He just showed me how much He loved me even in that moment and then um, helped to bring my son healing. I love, I love, love, love in scripture where it talks about, even in the Old Testament, when the law was something that the children of God were living under. He's like, look, I don't want your sacrifices. Like, you know, obviously they were supposed to make them. He goes, but I want your heart. I want your thanksgiving. I want your obedience to come from a place of faith and love and trust, not just because it's something that you're supposed to do. And I agree with you, Misty, that when you look at Bible heroes, anyone that God used and made a difference, they didn't have it easy. I'm I'm preparing uh, a conference right now about adventure. And my stance on that is that for an endeavor to be an adventure, it involves risk, it requires courage, and it's grounded in faith. And no one who's ever made a difference for the Lord has ignored the risks, chosen comfort over courage, and done it their own way. You can't make a difference in the world, let alone for the kingdom. And so looking at your story, you definitely had those trials, but you obeyed. And sometimes God's will for you and the road you were meant to take, it was shown to you in difficult ways, but you persevered. And then you turned that around and you used it to bless others. How did that calling come about in your life? Yeah. So I never thought I would be a writer. Like that was so far from my mind, but I knew that I needed to do something that I could do on my own terms as I had my special needs son at home with me. And so I knew I needed to work from home. And so that was kind of the first, as I began praying about this, and then God led me to write uh, the the struggle is real while I was still homeschooling um, my youngest. And Um, That's where I started to just really press into God about, you know, what was next. And from, you know, it went from the struggle is real to the By His Grace podcast, because I knew that I would need to share stories of people's struggles. And so my family had been trying to get me to podcast for literally for years. They bought me a microphone. I moved it around the house. And finally, I I gave in and I said, okay, God, if I'm going to podcast, what is this supposed to look like? And I went to a 
conference for writers and speakers and leaders to get training so that I could write well and pitch my Bible study. And I took my microphone with me and I set it up in my hotel room when I was away from my home and the noise of the kids and all the things. And I recorded my first 15 episodes. And then after that, it's just been a continuous stepping and praying, stepping and praying. Okay, God, what is next? So yeah, that's kind of how my journey went from writing to speaking to writing to podcasting to starting um, a conference for podcasters and working with people to inspire them to share their messages. Not anything I ever saw on my horizon, but just as I continue to pray and seek him, he gives us enough light to take the next step. And I'm curious because I feel like a question a lot of people might have is, okay, so you prayed, but how did you know you were getting your answer? How did God make it clear that this is what you were supposed to do? Because I've been sitting here and I'm praying for direction and I'm not sure I'm getting any. Yeah, sometimes it requires us to pray and step even when we don't know if it's the right step, right? And then as we step, that stepping is confirmed or we go, oh, wait, wait, maybe I'm not supposed to do that. So I'll give you an example. After the struggle is real and after anyone publishes a book, everybody wants to know, so what's your next book? When are you going to write another book? And so I started working on another book. I wrote 40,000 words. I got an agent involved. Um, She loved my concept, but wanted me to completely changed the book. Well, this was a very personal part of my testimony. I understood why she wanted me to do it. It was to make it um, appealing to the market, right? But it was very personal and very hard. And I checked myself into a hotel and I worked really hard. And I, 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 the more I worked on it, the more physically ill I was becoming um, because I was really trying to do something that I thought I heard the Lord. I thought it was what I was supposed to do. And my husband came to me and he said, baby, why are you putting yourself through this? Why are you taking the focus off of your podcast and trying so hard to write this book? He said, I don't think it's what you're supposed to do. And I just went, oh, is right. It's not working. It's just not working. And it's making me physically ill. And it, and it was the thing that I thought for sure that I was supposed to do. And so at that point, I got in the tub and a puddle of tears. And I just said, God, if it's not this, then what is it? Where does my gifting and my calling line up in this season? It was my youngest son's senior year. And I'd been bringing people into my home and gathering them since I started writing and speaking for a mastermind. Hospitality is something that's totally in my wheelhouse and my jam. So I love to collect people and gather them and connect them. And 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 I heard him say podcast conference. And so if I hadn't stepped to write that other book and God like did some healing and some freedom in my life, and it, we may release that book at another time, but if I had to say, I had to say yes to that, to then get to, to say no to that, to then get to say yes to God. <laughs> so it's not always a direct, I do this and then that. Sometimes it's, it's stepping and waiting or stepping and making a mistake and turning to, to go another way. And embracing the pivot. <laughs> That's what I like to call that when you can learn to rejoice in the closed doors. And it takes a while to get to that place where you can accept like, God, you've been faithful in the past. I trust you with this journey. This isn't the journey I thought I'd be on. I thought I was headed this direction. And it's for me, it's been like Abraham, right? You, you feel like this is the promise. This is the child of promise. I thought I heard from you. 
but you're asking me to give this back. Do I trust you enough to lay it on the altar, trusting that either you will redeem this thing or what you have for me is even better? And sometimes he will say, don't you dare. <laughs> this, is, this is your boy. There's a ram in the thicket over there. And sometimes that's not his best for us. And that's not what he has. And it takes a lot of faith to get to that point. But as I listen to your story, Misty, I get so excited because on this crazy, wild journey that the Lord has had you on, the whole while it's being witnessed by your kids. Your kids are watching the example that their mom has set in saying yes and following the Lord when the way wasn't always clear. How do you think that has impacted your family? Do you think that your kids did notice? Absolutely. You know, I look at my youngest son in particular. So he graduated in 2020 um, and the world was a mess. And he came to us and I thought was very mature. He said, I'm not ready to go to college. I don't even know if college is right for me. And he said, I I don't want to go. And we said, okay, that's great. Um, But you will not sit in your room and play video games all day. So you need to come up with a plan. And he ended up following my footsteps into podcasting. And he does started his own production company and does podcast editing. And I think his ability to go, you know, this is what the world says I should do. This is what people say I, you know, I need to, to go to college, but knowing himself, knowing that he wasn't ready for that at that time. Um, and then taking the big step, he saw me step out in faith and, and start a company in the middle of the pandemic, you know, so he was able to kind of do the same thing. And it's been just really amazing, especially for me as a mom, because he listens to Christian women on their podcast all day long. And so he's getting the gospel and all these amazing things in his ears. And so that's a really cool side benefit. It is so affirming. It reminds me <laughs> of when my, my oldest, she's six. And when she was three and a half, I think I had left my little USB mic out. It was plugged into my computer and I walk into the room <laughs> She's sitting there with my headphones on and she's like, hello, world. I just want to tell you that you're loved and Jesus loves you and you're doing great. (laughs) For me, it just stuck out. It's like she's watching. And as parents, there is such a beautiful and terrifying responsibility when we realize that these little creatures, they are watching and observing us at our best and at our worst. and. The gift it is when the Lord takes the example, the imperfect example that we've set and uses it to glorify him and build his kingdom. I don't think there's any greater reward as a parent than that. Now, Misty, if we're being honest, was it always easy to follow where the Lord was calling? Were there ever times that maybe you set a less than perfect example? Yeah. Um, we could talk about that all day long um, because, you know, we're all we're all sinners. We all make mistakes. And and it's been really challenging, if I'm going to be really honest, to have um, my special needs son at home. And now my husband works from home. I work from home. My youngest son still lives at home and works from home. And so our days are pretty crazy with um, tag your it, take your brother, go outside, you 
you know, I got to be in the studio now. Now I got to give up the studio because my husband has a television interview or, you know, we just have this musical chairs that we have to play. And it's and it's messy sometimes. Um, our house is a mess. Our life is a mess. Words fly out of our mouth that we don't always mean. And you're right, though. Our kids are always watching. And I love um something my father-in-law sat me down early when um, our oldest son was, was young. And he said, your kids are going to learn far more from you, from what you do, but not what you say. So it's like not what we teach them, like more is caught than is taught. Um, so they're always watching. And so it's not perfect, but here's an amazing opportunity that we have as parents to show forgiveness, to show grace, to just all these different principles, because life is not perfect, but it gives us the opportunity to, to love our kids through that and to you know, apologize when we've been wrong and have them learn how to do conflict resolution because those are good skills to have. Mm. One of my favorite things, and I, anyone who's ever listened to this podcast is probably like, oh, I could just finish this sentence forward. The best example we can set for our kids is not how to live perfectly, but how to fail well. And I think that's what's going to serve them in life. And so when we screw up, it's asking for forgiveness. It's letting them know mama didn't do that well. And it's not being afraid to apologize. And I, I just, I can't imagine how hard it must have been sometimes. But hearing how the Lord has used your journey, Misty, it's so encouraging. And I know it's not just encouraging to me. It's encouraging to anyone who hears it. But to that woman who's listening right now, who is petrified because she feels like she might be called in one direction, but she's, she doesn't see the light at the end of that tunnel. She doesn't know if she can say yes, because she doesn't know how this is going to go. And right now she finds herself just paralyzed, unable to take that first step. What would you say to her? Yeah, I would say, first of all, you have to understand your season. The season of your life is really, really important because sometimes I think we have these big dreams to do these big things, but it's not our season and it's not our time. I, at this stage in my life, I can look back at all of the different things that I did from my corporate career to homeschooling my kids, to having them in speech and debate. All of that was training for where God has me now. So we don't have to do everything just as soon as we get that prompting from the Lord, because sometimes he plants a seed and a vision that takes years for us to walk out. And so for the one who is is afraid, I would say fear is not of the Lord. Um, and I would say press into him and pray and ask him for courage to take the step that he's calling them to take. I was so afraid when I first stepped out and people are like, you were afraid? I made myself, when I started speaking, I made myself so physically ill that my husband said, if you don't get this under control, we're not going to allow you to do it because you're making us all crazy because it was so bad because I was afraid of public speaking. That's why I put my kids in speech and debate. 
but people, when they see me speak now, they were like, seriously, like you're afraid. And so sometimes we just have to step and do it afraid. So I would just encourage her to pray, be in the word, let the Lord speak to you um, because you're going to hear these themes like, don't be afraid to take courage. And then I would just say, step even when you are afraid and know that the Lord is faithful. And I would second that because there are times where it's not going to be apparent right away that the step we took is the right step. I was just talking to someone today, though, who had been feeling and suppressing an urge where she realized that she was being called to do something that was very unsure. It was going to affect her finances in a big way. But she just felt on her heart, the Lord saying, why won't you trust me with this? Why won't you let me show you how I can provide? And so she's making a very risky and hard choice. And it might be a while before she sees the fruit of that. And like you said, it's not about a prosperity thing, but it is about a trust thing. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to trust and obey, even maybe especially when it's hard. And so, Misty, I just want to thank you for your story. I want to thank you for your ministry. I want to thank you for the example and for being willing to set it, for being bold enough to share with strangers the ride that the Lord has had you on. On one hand, Misty's story is a story that we should all aspire to. And yet at the same time, few want to aspire to a life of struggle. But the reality is struggle finds us whether we want it or not. And how do we choose to react in the face of that? Do we persevere in a way that honors God? Or do we feel sorry for ourselves? And if you've been in a season of feeling sorry for yourself, okay, I have been there too. That's not the end. Even right now, you can stand up, you can brush yourself off, and then you can fall down afresh, but this time to your knees and give it to the Lord and ask for his help, for his guidance. John 16, 33, it says, in this world, you will have tribulation. It's a promise. Jesus says that, right? But, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that is a verse that I cling to. And maybe you need that verse today. Or maybe you need to connect with Misty on a deeper level. Or or maybe you want to reach out to me and share something that's going on so I can be praying for you. Shoot me an email, summer at seriouslyhow.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. Just search for No Seriously, How Do I Do This? And then if you have not already, please subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast. That's going to help other people to find it as well. And remember today and always that you are loved and you are not alone. 